You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com. And now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Hey everybody, welcome back. I got one of my most favorite guests that comes on the broadcast. You may know him by now, but you may not. His name is Dr. Mark Sherwood, and he is a, a naturopathic doctor. He's got an amazing uh, practice out in uh, Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma, and uh, him and his wife. And uh, Dr. Sherwood, welcome back to the show, sir. Todd, thanks for having me, man. I always look forward to this. One of my favorite times is to see you and talk to you. It's cool. Oh, man. Well, see, he even got the blue shirt memo today, and I'll tell I you, know. man, I, I look the same. I, mean, I was telling my wife, I said, I can't wait to do these segments with Dr. Sherwood because they're so fruitful. And, you know, <laughs> it's just there's I actually brought a bunch of props today uh, because there's a couple things that I wanted to ask you. So, yeah, this, this big conversation that we're having with the Saints, you know, a lot of people are concerned about COVID. You know, there's yeah. all this talk about the variant and, you know, many different things that are going on around the country. And one of the big conversations that I've been engaging with is building immunity. We talked about this on the last show, but I've actually brought some some things I want to ask you right now. So it's like, ask Dr. Yeah. Sherwood here. Okay. So I Love. got zinc, zinc yep. lozenges. Is zinc, should I, is this something we should be taking on a daily basis? Zinc. Yes. Zinc is great. It's a good, it's a mineral. Obviously it's for, it's for barrier health. Think barrier health. And so probably somewhere most people aren't going to get hurt, probably 20 up to 50 or 60 milligrams. Now, if you get infected, Obviously, at that point, you might want to come up a little bit, but be cautious about taking too much zinc prophylactically. I'm talking about going, you know, 80 or yeah. 100 milligrams because you'll deplete another mineral called copper. Ah. So activate these, these, these balance each other out. So probably 20 milligrams, 30 milligrams for most people all the time is really good. Okay, very good. See, now I wouldn't know that. Okay, there's yeah. another one that people are talking about. It's a curacin, curacin. Quercetin. Yeah, Quercetin. there you go. See, that's why I need Dr. Sherwood on the show. Yeah. I probably botched this to everybody I've talked about it to. Does this have a benefit in fighting COVID-19? Yes, that actually has a connection to zinc because zinc has a hard time, you know, uh, studies show getting into the system, even if it's taken in lozenge. It has to have something called ionosphere or a carrier to carry it into the cells. And quercetin and zinc together act as that zinc is what does the job quercetin carries it in so those things work together in a wonderful fashion somewhere around 500 milligrams probably for quercetin is about right okay and and let me ask you a question so some people have described hcq as a similar functionality where basically it acts as like the gun and the zinc is the bullet is that is that kind of a similar thing there um, they're, they're two different things. So HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, is a drug that's used to suppress the immune system. Think suppression of the military's firepower. Okay. So in other words, when the military is out here full guns blazing and they're getting exhausted of the battle and they can't keep up anymore, that's the time you might could uh, consider HCQ. So it would tone down the inflammation. You know, taking it on the front side for suppression, you know, one could say, well, I'm, I, I want my system to be strong, but that doesn't strengthen the system. That, in fact, impairs the system's strength. Mm. So you, okay. you really don't want to have that going on at the same time. It did have much success 
in the hospital settings because people were already chronically and systemically inflamed. They're already way past the point where they can right. take anymore, and it's going right. to sit on the edge. Interesting. Okay. See, that's not I, – I have not heard that. Okay. Yep. What about this? We got budesonine. Budesonine, yep. I know you can't really see it that good because uh, it's green. The bottle's green. So I hide it with the microphone here. Budesonine, and it's available at Walgreens. Uh, yep. what, what's the story with that? Well, budesonide is, uh, is a corticosteroid that reduces inflammation once again. Uh, interesting about budesonide, and, and please note this, that taking it prophylactically, which I, when I say prophylactically, I'm taking it as a, as a concept of protection, yeah. that will suppress, it pulls out a lot of vitamins and minerals, A, uh, some B vitamins, some magnesium, and it just pulls them out of the system. And so we don't want to take that one in a prophylactic manner. But again, just like hydroxychloroquine, once the system is too far out of here, if you're having trouble breathing and stuff, you can sometimes nebulize that. You can breathe it in and it will it will reduce the inflammation in the airways giving you air. So it's a it's a really good tool to use um, once a person becomes uh, perhaps infected. Yeah, so, okay, there's another question I have to that. So there's a gentleman that called me, dear friend, and he has COVID right now. He's yep. out in Texas and he is having low oxygen levels and he's on ivermectin. He's on, you know, some other uh, drugs that have been, you know, proven to be effective for COVID. Uh, what, why would the oxygen levels be low and how can you combat that? Well, let's think about this. Um, what carries oxygen but red blood cells? Okay, so what is interfering with red blood cells? And this is going to be an interesting, eye-opening answer to many, many people out there. When the virus gets in the body, we're talking about COVID virus, this virus. It somehow, yeah. for whatever mechanism, whatever reasons, attacks the red blood cells. In other words, if the red blood cells are not effective and able to carry oxygen, the reason why is because COVID has attacked the functionality of the red blood cell. What other condition primarily attacks the red blood cell something that affects the red blood cells is called type 2 diabetes blood sugar issues hemoglobin a1c when hemoglobin a1c is a well-known blood marker goes up high this yeah. is why diabetics and people that eat horrible have so much problem their red blood cells already tore up so then you have this compounding factor of virus attacking the red blood cell a red blood cell has already lost its functionality and Voila, we have problems carrying oxygen. Huh. So how do we combat that? All right. So what you do, and this is a this is something that we've told people from the beginning, you know, you've got to eliminate the processed foods, sugars, artificial sweeteners, breads and grains, the things that will really destroy the system. The, the way they're structured today, Todd, they're not even food, right? And so when they're not food, they become fake foods. Mm. Fake foods come from an enemy who wants to trick us and give substitutes so that's a very mm. important spiritual principle yeah we need to eat real food real food doesn't destroy your red blood cells real food doesn't create type 2 diabetes type 2 diabetes and blood sugar issues like that are man-made self-chosen disease processes 100 avoidable wow okay now what if somebody were to have covid and they were have this this problem with low oxygen levels is there like a quick fix or anything they can do to help it or you know, unfortunately, there's not a quick fix. At that point in time, you might look at the uh, the corticosteroid to tone down some of the inflammation. Um, obviously, you don't want to take any of those processed foods in because the system is already uh, sort of upside down. We might consider a little bit of fasting. Yeah. Fasting is good because that would lower blood sugar. That would be a good thing. Mm. Uh, the old adage, 
might be applied here. You want to feed a cold and starve a virus. And that's kind Interesting. of a myth. So that's kind of some things I would do. Obviously, you want to make sure you're doing the basic things. You mentioned zinc and quercetin. Yeah. Let's not forget vitamin D. That needs to be at a very high dose. All um, right. That's my next that. one here. I'm just Dude, gonna, let's, let's get vitamin that Vitamin D. How important is vitamin D and, and what, you know, how much should we be taking of that? So vitamin D is extremely important for our immune health bone health and brain health. I mean, just okay. in a nutshell, when people have low D, they're going to have um, potential low bone development and they're going to have depression or low wow. mood. As okay. a caveat, we need to have vitamin D, in, in our opinion, up to probably 50 at a minimum. We, we check this D level in blood and 30 is considered normal, but we like it at 50. And to that end, Todd, and I'll get to the next point on that, is that historically looking back at, you know, covid you know, a year and a half ago when it all began, looking at a little retrospective study, it wasn't a small study, but it was looking back at, at New York City uh, victims. Yeah. They found that a person was 4% likely to end up in the hospital if they had a vitamin D level over 30. Okay. And we consider a 30 kind of pathetic. I want it to be 50, and the blood marker is called 25-hydroxy-D. To yes. get there, you must have, in my opinion again, 5,000 IUs of vitamin D. Okay. When you're acute like that, acute meaning the infection is there upon you and you're really symptomatic, you might want to double or triple that up for about a 10-day period. Because again, yes. when you think about vitamin D from an immune system standpoint, it has a massive effect on our barrier health. In other words, it, it allows our barriers to be strong. It allows our system to work well and sort of keep things out of areas they don't need to go in. So vitamin D is a very important immune health and 5,000 all the time. And for some of us that have darker skin, this is very yeah. important. Darker skin requires more D. It's not wow. letter. Okay. More D. This is why the uh, perhaps the African-American population, and I'm a mixed race guy, so I can say that, you yeah. know, they, they, they struggle with this because yeah. uh, from a hypertensive standpoint, which tends to run genetically there, but from a low D standpoint, which is very clear there. So they need to be taking D. We all need interesting. to be Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Okay. Echinacea. Is that something we should be adding into this? Yeah, it's never going to hurt. Echinacea is going to be something that's going to help the immune system, uh, benefit the immune system. Some people would say, well, it's going to upregulate the, the, or induce the immune system to work. And that's probably true, right? I can see that. But ultimately, is it a bad thing to take from a prophylactic standpoint? No. Do you need to go high dose on it? No, you no. don't. Uh, I would say, you know, that one might be a good every other day type of thing, or maybe three times a week. Okay, three more. Black elderberry. What's the deal with that? I've heard good things about it. Yeah, it can actually help. It's an antioxidant. Um, very, very good. Um, you can take a uh, look at antioxidants from the standpoint of a lot of berries, multicolored berries, darker colored berries, more antioxidants. Think multicolored. But that elderberry is a really good one to have. Uh, I like that one to have on a fairly regular basis, three or four days a week. Certainly take that one anyway, prophylactically seasonal, like okay. fall and spring. Very good. It'll help with allergies too, right? Yes, very yeah. good. And then, of course, vitamin C. I know you yep. guys probably can't see this very good, but vitamin C, how important is that? Vitamin C, you got to be a little cautious with that. Oh, interesting. Too okay. much you're going to create a little bit of loose stool. That's not good because you can lose minerals and lose vitamins if you get too much loose stool. Wow. Vitamin C, keep in mind, is this. 
in in nature, you're not going to find something with a high dose of C and has a little bitty micro amount. Right. So why would we use C? C is something I like about 500 milligrams prophylactically. Now, if we have an acute sickness, we may come up higher. Now, what's C's mechanism of action? C comes in, it's known as an antioxidant. Why is that? Because C comes in and actually agitates your oxidation system. It creates the body's ability to create antioxidant effects. So C actually acts as an oxidant to create your own system's antioxidants to come up. And so when it does that, it's a dual-edged sword. Mm. So if you go in to a place and get like an IV high-dose C when you're really sick, yeah, you could get worse mm. because your system's already on edge. Wild. So this is why when you're infected, you really need to work with someone that's going to hear you and see where you are because everybody's system or health system matters. Okay. One, one last one, vitamin B or a B complex. What, yeah. What's the significance in that? Vitamin B is important for, get this, red blood cell formation. I mean, ah. nervous, cell, nervous system. So we talked about this carrying oxygen capacity. Yeah. Uh, also important for the formation of something called ATP, which is the universal energy currency of the body. Interesting. And when we have plenty of vitamin Bs present and we have good oxygen, we're able to make ATP to run the body's systems, including the immune system. And that's yes. a big deal. When you look at Bs, it's very important to understand not every B complex is created equal. You okay. look for a word called methylated B complex. So you want to look on the back, and when you see folate, you want to avoid a complex that has folic acid and wow. gravitate towards one that has folate. That's actually B9. Okay. When you go to the B12, you want to avoid the one that says cyanocobalamin and mm. gravitate towards one that says either hydroxycobalamin, adenosylcobalamin, or methylcobalamin. So there's, mm. there, um, I'm talking about basic availabilities in those. Yeah. Wow, this is good stuff, man. So listen, th this stuff, what, he, what Dr. Sherwood is talking about, it really is helpful if you go through the program here that mm. Dr. Sherwood has. You can go to Sherwood TV uh, slash remnant, Sherwood TV slash remnant. And uh, now when they when they go to this form, there's a couple yep. of people been asking me, you know, there's like a thing on the bottom that says contact and it pulls up like an email. You know, do you see those or what's the best way to get in touch with you? I do. When, when those emails get to us, they actually go to my wife and I direct. I mean, I, I tell people that and they can't believe it. And I answer, <laughs> you answer the emails. Yes, we do. So even uh, today, you know, I, I got I get probably 25, 30 of those a day. And yeah. I'll get to those things. It may take me 24 hours, but I will get to them. And we answer those things because we, we care for you. And when people get that document, they have all kinds of questions. There's programs on there that people can jump into, our 40-day reset program if you need yes. to keep but, you know, and there's 120 day transformation programs that we really get in your life. Or if you want to work with us, you know, you can. We, we're we not asking for that. We just want to, you know, just by downloading the document and reading it, you're going to have a better life. Oh, yeah. I mean, every time I listen to you, like you, you say food is medicine. I've never thought of that in my life until you said that. And, I'm like, <laughs> oh, and that'll make you think a lot different when you're eating something real bad for you. Food is medicine. Yeah. Oh, this ain't medicine. Yeah, this is a good medicine. Yeah. 
So, and you know, I've noticed a difference. Like I said on a previous show, when I'm on the road, I mean, you know, bad food, I can see, you know, I start looking different. It's amazing. You know, mm -hmm. even in just like a week, it's like, you know, your whole, your whole body can like kind of change in a, in a short period of time. At least mine does, you know? Yeah. This is very important to understand when we're eating poorly, we're not getting nutrients there that are required to run the systems of the body, including our immune system. But the way it spins out and goes downhill is we don't make good decisions because our brain even though it's only, you know, less than 10% of our body weight, it uses 25% of all ATP production. Wow. So the brain is a busy guy. It's a busy yes. organ. And if we have a shortage of energy in the brain, we don't make good decisions. And typically our decisions are poor. And that's why when we live in fear, when we live in bondage, when we live in poor nutrition, we are always reacting with the wrong decisions. I know people can relate. Like, why do I keep doing that? Yeah. It's we didn't take the time to be present, make good decisions, put good things in our body, and utilize God's medicine yes. to, to, to really minister to us. Yes. God provided plants and food to provide ministry to us. That's another way to look at it. Come on. Hey, man, I love this guy. He's so awesome. <laughs> our time just like flies by when I'm on the show with you, man. I have like a million questions, but I guess I'm going to have to wait till next time. But listen, Mark Sherwood, he's a doctor. You can go to Dr. Sherwood. So you go to Sherwood TV, Sherwood TV. It's S-H-E-R-W-O-O-D TV, actually Sherwood.TV slash remnant. Very, very simple. Sherwood.TV slash remnant. We're going to put it at the bottom of the screen again. Once you do that, there's actually a contact on the bottom. If you need to get in touch with him, he says he sees those emails yep. and he gets back. And I know he does. And uh, that's the way to get in contact. You can start many of the programs that he has. I'm going to start. I talked to my wife. We're going to start it together. I need to get, you know, in better. I want to start looking like this guy, man, you know? So uh, we're doing this. And listen, this is a doctor you can trust. He's a man of God, man of integrity. So I'm super stoked, man. So I'll have to give, I'll have to give the updates once we start this uh, program here. Uh, but, you know, we're excited about it. And uh, so you could see it as a listener as I go through this. And maybe I'll start having bigger guns like uh, Dr. Sherwood. <laughs> the amazing Pastor Todd transformation live. I Come love on. it. <laughs> That's right, man. Have to wear a tank one night. I you know it. what I'm saying? Exactly, man. And so, uh, but listen, man, we love you. We appreciate your ministry so much. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And uh, we can't wait till the next show, man. Hey, I love you too, Todd. I appreciate you. And uh, let's keep it going and help some people get healed whole and hear the gospel. Yes, sir. All right. Dr. Mark Sherwood, we thank you so much, and we'll be right back with the talk. In a recent video, Polly St. George talks us through her recent investigation of the company Entrust, a company who just recently signed a contract with the United Kingdom to provide digital passports for COVID-19 vaccine tracking. What she discovered was that the family who owns Entrust not only has Nazi roots, but they are in fact a very prominent Nazi family. The family in question is the Quant family. In 1929, Gunther Quant took over one of the largest arms manufacturers in Germany. He then divorced his second wife Magda, who then married Joseph Goebbels just two years later in 1931. The Goebbels family then became heavily involved in the Quant family business. Maybe this was one of those instances of marriage to cement a business relationship, sort of like royalty does, but this is the new royalty. This is the industrialist royalty. This is the globalist regime. 
being born. That's just a guess. Here's some photos from the wedding. Their marriage took place on a grand property owned by Gunther Quandt, where Adolf Hitler served as the best man. In 1933, Gunther officially joined the Nazi party and was granted special privileges to use slave labor. Gunther and his sons, Herbert and Harold, staffed their factories with over 50,000 prisoners of war and concentration camp workers. One of their factories even had its own concentration camp, an execution area. The end of World War II had little effect on the Quant family. A former prosecutor at the Nuremberg trials claims that there was plenty of evidence to prosecute the Quants and regrets how they were allowed to evade punishment. Not only did the Quants evade punishment at Nuremberg, Herbert went on as a director of Deutsche Bank, became an honorary citizen, and a czar of the whole German economy. He married Johanna Brun in 1960. They had two children, Stefan Quant and Suzanne Clatton, Germany's richest woman, who recently told reporters how difficult it is being a billionaire. Entrust was bought by the Quant family in 1987, has went on to gain contracts in banking and government, including just about every level of the U.S. federal government, and has just signed a contract to provide digital passports for the U.K. The Quant family weren't the only Nazi industrialists to go on after the war and thrive. IG Farben Bayer is the father of Big Pharma. And this ideology wasn't born with the Nazis. It comes from the Sabbatean Frankist Rockefeller Rothschild banking empire. The ones who mysteriously create money and loan it to us with interest as if they own it all. We know who they are. Many of them are coming out of the shadows and offering us tyranny and many of us are accepting the offer. And all we have to do to save our lives is say no to this criminal gang of psychotic vampires. What's your thoughts on the afterlife? I just believe there's a place you go when you pass in this life and go on to the next and I believe that in that world it's just you know a better place it's joy it's love it's um, probably I don't know I, I can't completely imagine it but I just hope it's a good place so where do you get these thoughts from um, it's just my own belief it just comes from within I think do you think humanity has been given a manual an instruction manual I mean when I get a car it comes with a manual, an owner's manual. Do you think humanity has an owner's manual? I think it's probably the Bible, if you had to guess. But Have you ever read it? I've read parts. I haven't read the whole Bible. Do I've you read. read your owner's manual for your car? Um, no, not really. Well, let's say something goes wrong. A red light comes on. Do you read it then? Yes. Do you have a red light for life? Do you know what that is? Yeah, I think that's your inner soul telling you you're not doing the right thing for the right reasons. Yeah, it's saying something's wrong. That's why you should go to the owner's manual, the Bible. Are you familiar with the message of the Bible? Yes. You know, I say the Lord's Prayer every night. And you know, I used to do that before I was a Christian. I, I said it, I think, something like 10 years every night. I'd rattle it off. It was kind of like a sleeping pill. 
I was only a teenager, but uh, it didn't really mean that much to me. What are the first words of the Lord's Prayer? Hello, what's going on, baby? I got a phone call, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Is that a red light? Oh, jeez, keeps calling. I don't know what's going on. It's not a red light. <laughs> what does G's mean? G's? Yeah. Uh, it's like biscuits and gravy. Yeah. It's like, darn it, you know. Yeah. What's the etymology of the word? <sighs> Probably Jesus. Yeah. 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 So, the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father, How art in heaven, hallowed. hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Just absolutely incredible. Yeah. God's kingdom is coming to this earth and God's will will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. His name is holy. Yeah. We can call him Father. So, how are you going to... I grew up Catholic. Okay. My parents, you know, Catholic. And um, my stepbrother was Christian. And to me, it's all the same thing. Well, there is a difference. Your, your stepbrother better tell you the difference. Let me see if I can explain the difference. Do you think you're a good person? Are you going to make it to heaven? I hope so. Okay. I've sinned. I ask for forgiveness. But okay. well, let's see if you are a good person, and we'll use the Ten Commandments. How many lies have you told in your life? Plenty. So what do you call someone who tells lies? A uh, liar. So what are you? A liar. Do you still think you're a good person? Uh, I hope. Yeah, I think I am. Have you ever stolen something in your whole life? I don't think any of us are. Have you ever stolen something whole life? A little kid, I did. You started early. So what do you call someone who steal? <laughs> what do you call someone a thief? So what are you? A thief. No, you're not. You're a lying thief. Yeah. So do you still think you're a good person? <laughs> no. <laughs> have you ever you used God? There. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Ah, uh, yes. Would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? But if you hit your thumb with a hammer instead of saying a, a filth word beginning with S to express disgust, uh, would you use your mother your mother's name in its place? No. Why not? I don't know. I just, well, it's dishonoring. It's yeah, you respect yeah. her. It's your mother. She just, gave you life. Yeah. And yet you've used God's name in place of that four-letter filth word. Yeah. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Hallowed be thy name. Yeah. Godly Jews won't even speak his name because it's so holy. They won't so, write it down. But you've used it in place of that word. It's called blasphemy, Kelly. In the Old Testament, it's punishable by death. You know what the commandments do to us? You know what the commandments do for us? They show us how much we've sinned. Most of us say, oh yeah, I've done things wrong. No big deal, just little lies, stole little things from little ladies and little stores. We, we trivialize sin. But sin in God's eyes is very serious because he's holy. Do you know what death is according to the Bible? It's passing into the uh, afterlife, right? Well, that's what happens. Death is wages, according to the Bible. It says the wages of sin is death. Ever heard that verse? Yes. Yeah, yeah death is payment that God gives you for your sins. Yeah. It's like a judge sees a heinous criminal that's murdered three girls. He says, you've earned the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. You've got capital punishment because of what you did. And sin is so serious in God's eyes, not in our eyes, but in his eyes, he's given us capital punishment. Every human being is in a holding cell with a nice blue roof, good air conditioning, good lighting, but we're waiting to die. We're waiting to be put to death because we've sinned against God. Okay, back to the commandments that show us how much we've sinned. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, whoever looks upon a woman to lust for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yeah. You had sex before marriage? Yeah, uh, yes. Have you ever hated somebody? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. The Bible says, he who hates his brother is a murderer. So I'm going to give you a summation of this little court case. This isn't for me, this is for you. I'm not judging you. Yeah. You've told me you're a lying, thieving, fornicating, blasphemous, murderous, right. adulterer at heart. 100%. 
who thought he was a good person, which is called self-righteousness, and that adds to your sin. So here's the big question. This is where we're going with this. If God judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, you're going to be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? Probably hell. There's no probably hell. It's definitely. The Bible says all liars love their part in the lake of fire. No thief, no blasphemer, no murderer, no adulterer, no fornicator will inherit God's kingdom. So you're up the river Niagara without a paddle. I think we all are. Well, what can you do? How can you be saved? I, you just ask for forgiveness and believe in God and believe that he has died for us. His son died for us. Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, believing do, believing right? in God doesn't help because that's just like saying to a judge when you're guilty I believe the judge exists and saying you're sorry doesn't help because it's like saying sorry to a judge he's gonna say of course you should be sorry and of course you shouldn't do this again you're going to jail right. so every single one of us are under God's wrath we're hopeless and helpless so tell me what would you do if you're in court and you you were found guilty and you had no excuse all the evidence is in what can you do the best thing I just think you have to own it. You have to own it, but you really don't want to own this one because this means you're going to end up in the lake of fire. So you don't want to own it, but you want to be honest. What you do is you throw yourself upon the mercy of the judge. And the Bible says God is rich in mercy to all that call upon him. Now tell me, what did God do for guilty sinners so he wouldn't have to go to hell? gave his son's life. He, yeah. Now, yeah. Most people know that, but they don't know this, and this changes everything, Kelly. The Ten Commandments, what we've looked at, is called the moral law. You and I broke the law, Jesus paid the fine. Do you remember his last words on the cross just before he dismissed his spirit? He said three very profound words. I should and I don't. He said, it is finished. finished. Why do you think he said that? Because his, uh, his father's wish was carried out. Yeah, well, in other words, the debt has been paid. We broke God's law. Jesus paid the fine. He suffered for our sins. He took the punishment in our place. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made righteous in the sight of God. It's like if you're in a court of law and you're guilty of speeding and the judge says there's a stack of speeding tickets here, but... Oh, someone's paid the fine, you're out of here. Even though you're guilty, he lets you walk because someone paid your fine. And even though you and I are guilty of serious crimes in the eyes of God, worthy of death and damnation, we can walk, we can live. God can take the death sentence off us all because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The Bible says Jesus Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And then he rose from the dead, defeated death. The Bible says it was not possible that death could hold him. And if you'll repent and trust in Jesus, God will grant you remission of sins once and for all. Now, this is the difference between Catholicism and biblical Christianity. Catholicism says that you have to do something to merit eternal life in some way. The Bible says there is nothing you can do except call on God's mercy. And he'll save you by his grace. Grace means unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. When I became a Christian uh, nearly 50 years ago, I didn't deserve the gift of eternal life. I don't deserve it now after a lifetime of being a Christian. It's a gift. And if I give you a, if I give you a, a Lamborghini, a brand new Lamborghini, and you say, aha, I'm going to give you 10 cents for this, and you flip me 10 cents, and I take it, that's not a gift, that's a purchase. So we can't offer God anything for everlasting life. It can only come as a free gift. 
And that comes through repentance and faith in Jesus. Now, repentance is different than confession of sin or confessing to a priest. Repentance is when you turn from sin perpetually. It's not something you do, it's something you don't do. As a Christian, I don't commit adultery, I don't look at pornography, I don't lust after a woman, I don't lie, I don't steal, I don't fornicate, don't do those things. Because I'd be a hypocrite if I did. I want to be genuine in my faith, I don't want to deceive myself. So that's what repentance is, and faith in Jesus is the same sort of faith you'd exercise if you trusted a parachute when you jumped out of a plane 10,000 feet. You see a danger, you don't want to hit the ground at 120 miles an hour, so you put your trust in the parachute. Fear is your motive, and in that respect, fear is your friend, not your enemy. It's telling you, put on a parachute. You're going to perish if you don't. And Kelly, what I've tried to do is put the fear of God in you today, hoping you'll see that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and you'll see that that is your friend, not your enemy. Do you have sin? What's that? Do you ever sin? Yeah, I fight it all the time. I've got a sinful nature. Just driving here, I was tempted to look at so many different women. It's just pulling at me. And the Bible says it's the Adamic nature that stays with us when we're Christians. If you've ever read a famous book called Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, he's, he's got Christian walking along. Suddenly a man jumps out behind a tree and grabs his flesh. He grabs his flesh physically and he says, who are you? He says, I'm Adam. And it's that Adamic sinful nature that Adam had and passed on to us is that what we have to fight until we are eventually glorified and pass from this, this life into eternal life. So you've got a continual battle, but that's what repentance is. And you don't do it to earn everlasting life. You walk in repentance because you're grateful to God for his gift of forgiveness. Is this making sense? Yes. You know, Kelly, when you give up trying to be good and say, God, I, I'm not good. I need to trust in your grace. Then you'll be born again. And God will give you a new heart and a new desire so that you know that you've been forgiven. He that believes has the witness in himself, the Bible says. Like a kid who touches a heater doesn't believe the heater's hot. He knows it's hot. He's moved out of the realm of belief into the realm of experience. That's what'll happen when you're born again. New heart, new desires. So you're gonna think about what we talked about? Yeah, for sure, thank you. Glad I ran into you today. Can I give you a, a book we've published called The Bible's Four Gospels? Sure, yeah. Would you be embarrassed if I pray with you? Uh, no. Father, I pray for Kelly. Thank you for this divine encounter that you have prepared his heart and that today he'll understand his own sinful state and find a place of genuine biblical repentance and trust in Jesus and pass from death to life because of your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, my name is Pastor Todd Coconato, and this broadcast is brought to you by Remnant Ministries, and we are fully self-funded. We have been attacked on social media and literally cannot even do any advertisement or get any monetary compensation for anything that we do online. So the only way that we're able to do these broadcasts is by your support. I need your help, guys. We really feel called of God to get this information out, but we can't do it without your listener support. You are crucial. You're a critical part of what God is doing in this ministry. If you are able, please go to www.toddcoconato.com slash give. That's T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O dot com slash give. And please help us in this fight that we're in. Thank you so much and may God bless you.